Hello and welcome to the Tech Map Podcast, episode number 16. My name's Andy Bargery, and in this show, I'm talking with Bernie Mitchell, who is a good friend of mine, a longtime friend, and we're talking all about community, how to build community, why to build community, and everything in between. So I hope you enjoy the show. Bernie, hello, how are you? I am stupendous, sir. Um, stupendous. What a way to start the show. It's been a while since we've had done a podcast together, Bernie. It, it has been. The last one I was thinking about this as we were preparing was the uh, Sostack one about how to market how to market your co-working space. Goodness me, I'd forgotten all about that one. Yeah, I still love that model. I still talk to clients about Sostack. I've been, I've been trading off that podcast for years now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that might be why you're seen as an online influencer in the marketing world? But yep, in, in in my street, I am but. in your street. Well, everyone's got to start somewhere, haven't they? So, what's um, what, what should we do today then? I'm. What? I just well rain first me of, in early, Bardry. Rain you in, okay. Well, look, first of all, I'm really pleased a to have the Tech Map podcast back, and also to have you on the show because I've known you, Bernie, for God, I don't know now, a long time. It's nearly I'm going to hazard years. a guess at ten years, and in that time, you've been a really um, interesting, entertaining marketing pro and also a good friend. So I'm really pleased to have you on the show. Thank and you, sir. I still remember the first time we met. Yeah, the mother of all meetups. I remember it well. (laughs) And then many other meetups have happened since then too. But one thing that I've always known you for is somebody that I guess Seth Godin would call a linchpin. And I bet you're pleased I've brought Seth Godin into the conversation at this stage. My, My close personal friend, Seth. (laughs) <laughs> and, you're, and you're a linchpin because you're at the center of not just one community, but loads of different communities. And I think what I've seen you doing over the years is building and managing communities, both for you, but also for your partners and clients. So what I really wanted to get out of today's show is just to explore that concept of community and what that means to marketeers in the digital world, I suppose. So... There, I was I was thinking about how to frame this a bit, and do you remember back in um, I think it was February 2012 when we did making social part of your DNA? Absolutely. In 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 the good old in the days when Social Media Week was sponsored by this little company called Nokia, and just just how how things have changed since then, and around that time I was really keen to get a lot of people together. Um, and you know if we had like 200 people in a room i was ecstatic and i don't know where i've made a decision but i've just got i just find it easier and more rewarding i think is a better way of saying of just having a a small group of people so with london bloggers meet up we have like 10 people that show up on a regular basis every couple of weeks rather than you know i'm always up for having a big evening london bloggers meet up and then We've around like we share, which is a community I'm part of, which is a lot of this heady mix of academics and entrepreneurs and startup people and freelancers and not for profits, all in like different different cities around the world. And the thing that brings them together is talking about the collaborative com- economy and community and blockchain and co working and things like that. And they 
I think, and people might disagree with you, I think we work better as a community when we're in small little groups and getting like one great big thing together is is very overwhelming. And you probably, I know you have, I don't know why I'm saying probably, you know, Kevin, Kevin Kelly's um, 1,000 true fans thing. Yes, yeah. That is that is something I've been like reading again and thinking about because I think um, – maybe like dispersed or like like smaller, more densely connected communities of people are much more supportive and effective for each other than, you know, a million fans on Facebook. Does that, well, I think uh, that, that makes perfect sense to me. And I think we've, I've seen that as well in terms of how people want to engage with and communicate with communities in that in the good old days of the London bloggers meetup where we'd have a, a sponsor come on board and they'd buy cocktails and, and booze for everyone in the community to suddenly almost overnight, it was like we wanted to speak to that really pinpointed small group of people that care about travel blogging in the Caribbean or um, mobile technology and apps, for example. And it became much more of a refined exercise. And I think in part that's because of how the the technology it was enabled people to more easily put people into buckets so buckets and groups and segments and and, and that was kind of driving that change but it's interesting how because you're looking at this from a different point of view it's more about a community and in my head i'm thinking they're marketing and communications but for you then community is getting people around that core theme whether it's traveling in the caribbean or mobile tech and apps together and, and by working and being together you can be a bit more productive yeah th- there's um so in, to give it a bit of a marketing layer is uh, I'm going to, I'll talk about it in a co-working sense because that's the thing I know most about in the world at this moment in time. So there's, and if you get X amount of people into your co-working space every week, there's a lot of people that will never join it. Like it wouldn't make sense for you to be a member of the studio in Camden because of you know how where you live and how you work and everything like that but you're you're in a you're in the sort of extended community so you're like the second customer so we'll we'll, you know people like me and other people in that space will talk about the studio and then you'll go oh yeah you know you should go if you're in camden you should go and check out the studio and we haven't signed you up to anything you just kind of help spread the word so there's the there's the there's the core membership of the community, and then there's a whole group of people around it, um, which could actually be in hundreds. Could, you know, we never like try to track them all down at the same time. Yeah. Of people that kind of do a bit more communicating for you, and you know, in that studio place where the there's a there's a three D printer community attached to it. There's the the lady from Camden Greenpeace attached to it. There's videographers. There's the people that came to Freelance Heroes. There's musician people that are attached to it because of someone in there there's a not-for-profit called the kids company and they bring a load of people in so i think any company is going to have that that second customer element to uh which is i'm not sure i'd call it community but it is a type of community is that flowing through yeah it is i'm just trying to think what what you might think of that as i suppose as not necessarily ambassadors because they will be ambassadors they will be talking about your your community, your space, or whatever your product or service is. In your case, it's the co-working spaces. Um, but I suppose that that core community of customers or users, a user group maybe, is 
is is that where the most value lies or is there a mixture of having that strong fee paying paying customer community and then there's the kind of broader world you're talking about that gives you the additional value of that community around the brand i think in things we follow for ages um like something like hubspot has a load of paying customers and then people like us would say oh you know go to it sometimes it's easier to send someone to hubspot's blog or co-schedule's blog so they can learn a bit and then come back to you and ask some questions that are more at the level you need to engage with so we'll we'll send people we we will send people content or recommend other products because it's easier to direct people in that direction than it is to try and teach them ourselves so we so we we educate people i think i think a lot of that goes on i find myself doing a lot of that does that yeah, I mean, I think a big a big part of community, I suppose, you join a community not just because you want to belong to it, because you want to learn, you want to grow in that space, don't you? Um, so I, I don't know whether you know, Bernie, I've got a little dog, a cockapoo, delightful little thing that's a bit more like a crocodile than a dog right now. But, you know, I've joined quite a few online communities around cockapoos and puppies and stuff just to try and learn some stuff, just to make sure that, you know, we can handle this little firecracker. Um, so absolutely, that education, I think, is a big part of community. Is is there um I think since since twenty twelve when we did making social part of your DNA, the the way online groups have evolved. So I remember with TechMap like a hundred years ago when I was more involved in it, we we built a we built an online a WordPress so there was such a huge job at the time, we built a WordPress site with a membership community into it. <laughs> okay. And, WordPress buddy or something. WP. Yeah, it was, we thought it was, we were all going to, we were all going to like get rich overnight by, and <laughs> there's, there was like 1500 people, probably more than that in the meetup. And a lot of people would show up to the meetup. Um, you know, usually about a hundred people and it, and Barry Furby back then was like really good at pushing it or, or talking about it. And a lot of those people went to bloggers meetup and went to, you know, the, social media week in the good old days and stuff like that. So it was, a, it was a, a monthly touch point for people. And when we, and there was a company sponsoring it, the, the Belgium guys, and we built this WordPress buddy thing and we're going to have this online community that was going to be the next inbound org dot thing. Yeah. And 35 people moved across and at least 25 of those were people we rang up probably like me ringing up you saying andy just join this thing <laughs> now because we have to get some people in there and no no one wanted to move they were really happy on meetup and that's where they did their engagement and it's interesting trying to get a body of people to move on mass like that is is next to impossible isn't it it is and we we should have known better and then um and then so you know that was probably 2011 maybe yeah. and then going forward how facebook groups have become a thing nowadays like i really hate facebook but i'm in the freelance heroes one i'm in the content marketing academy i'm in one about um world schoolers just in case we ever managed to sort of have our family traveling around the world very but just being just being in the world schoolers group makes me feel like i'm one step nearer the possibility of (laughs) me me and the family moving on a regular basis um, well, well first of all i've never heard of world schoolers i'm checking that out straight away but to, to your point there facebook 
and the way the Facebook groups uh, tool works has totally changed all of that stuff. You'd be absolutely crazy, I think, to try and build your own platform to host a community on these days because everybody's on Facebook. Um, you know, if you look at the competition for Facebook, for example, with LinkedIn and their uh, their group functionality, that absolutely died a death, didn't it? And I think Facebook has totally owned that space. And it, you know, it really is crying out for someone to to challenge it. But you'd have to have pretty deep pockets to challenge and take on Facebook in that space right now. Well, I hate to contradict you in your own oh, podcast, Andrew. So there's a, there's a thing called Mighty Networks, which <laughs> is a it's a, you can you can run a, a community, an online community, and a a course online course from there. Do you remember so a for, thing a few years ago called Ning? Oh, I love Ning. I think Ning still exists. Actually, I was looking at it a few weeks ago. Um, it did, I couldn't tell whether they were still trying to grow it or whether it was just you know hanging on to their existing community. But I think we created a Ning platform or, or channel for something else. Um, and it was the same problem you had with the uh, TechMap WordPress community is trying to get people to move off where they're familiar, where they're happy is really, really tough. So I've, I have actually seen the Mighty Networks thing, and I think it looks like a great product. Um, but my feeling is, you know, why challenge the status quo here? Let's go where the audience is and build your community there. Sure, you have to. Uh, you have to deal with Facebook and ha- how it changes things all all the time, you know, and you have no control over that. But at least you're where the audience is. I think. Um, so I, I hate going to Facebook because I get distracted, and so I, I limit myself to going every day. And the advantage of so, like Mighty Networks is, so I'm in two groups: one about co living and one about podcasting, and. I don't go in there very much. I have to think about going there. So it, it answers your thing about, you know, go where the audience is, yes. but I'd rather go in there because it's way less noisy. And there's an, and if I was to build my own community in there, I'd have to offer a lot of value. It would, it would encourage me to offer a lot of value and I could like post my own things in there and organize it better than I could a Facebook group. So I think there there is definitely a a huge effort, so huge I can't even say it to to get people <laughs> from there to there. Yes. But if you if you if you kind of like set up as you mean to go on, and both those both those groups had something going on beforehand. So one the podcasting group has been going <clears throat> um, is from a podcasting course from like four years ago. Yeah. So they invited everybody from the course into the mighty networks and then they get people to join if you've done the course you don't have to pay um we well, do have to pay because you paid for the course but new members can join and if you get the course you do it as part of your it becomes part of your membership but you're with like-minded people and it's a very i won't go into all the details now but it's like a very specific way to run a podcast so it's not how to how to start a podcast or you know, 10 ways to grow your podcast. It's a, an ongoing conversation of people that are evolving together and they've worked really, really hard. I was, I was listening to them today and they said like, we're a five year overnight success. And <laughs> I like that. Th- there's like enormous graph to doing it. Well, I, I think um, I mean, that doesn't surprise me because um, community is really hard work. It, and it is tough to maintain and engage a community over a long period of time. 
Um, and I guess we've moved on to talking about the actual the tools there and the technologies, haven't we, in terms of Facebook or Mighty Networks or whatever that might be, without, I guess, really exploring at all the reason why you would want to start a community in, in any great detail anyway. Um, I have I have two little things to jump in here before they go. Sorry to interrupt go because ahead. I'll they keep popping up so so one thing we've explored in WeShare and and in co-working and this is this is quite meta is there's a community of interest and there's a community of practice so a community of interest is we all go to TechMap because we're interested in the intersection of technology marketing advertising and pr or we all go to the foo fighters because we like the foo fighters or we you know we go to a conference about something yeah about about dogs that bite you. Um, <laughs> where, where is that taking place, Ben? In that conference, I can I can send you my affiliate link now. <laughs> um, there's and then there's a community of practice, which is which is what after years of I don't know what is it like eight years of working in co working. This is where I think the 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 effort is in making a co working community is getting people aligned around one thing so a community of practice would be people talking every day in a in our co-working space about what they're working on and how to do it better so a lot of things you and me have talked about over the time is how to advance our it, it's like our professional development so we we meet you know we will meet and we used to do this with the um creative club or whatever we, we used to do um we, you know we'd meet and talk about how to organize our workflow for producing content more efficiently effectively and you know we'd geek out with steve trister about how to talk and how to speak and how to articulate ourselves and and that we all met for a deliberate reason to move forward together so there's a group of us you and i could probably assemble you know 30 people from the last 10 years who are at you know do different things but we're all interested in some form of communication and growing some form of communication and business growth yeah. and we could sit in the same space and over the have our water cooler moments about oh have you seen that app that plugs into there and you know i used to use buddy press but now i'm using mighty networks and what are the advantages and disadvantages and have very geeky conversations which is different from a room full of people just networking yeah absolutely and, so I, I, the strength of the community is an alignment around a core challenge or issue or point of interest yeah so I sit opposite a guy called Joe and he, I thought it was just a guy that made robots, which was already pretty good. <laughs> you know, he's got like thousands and thousands of people following him on YouTube. Um, and at Halloween, he did a, he's like a three, he's like a robot maker and a, and a 3d printer guy. And he makes all these videos. So he made a video in his house about how to turn a door into the door from the shining <laughs> right. with an axe and stuff using stuff in your house so he, he, he saw him he, he took his he got a he got a door that he happened to have lying around and he took it out to his back garden sawed it off t- told you what saw to use showed you how to make an axe from this and put it in there and everything and um you know people love it but and him and i talk about you know audio and podcasting and you know how to get more hits on here and you know it's quite useful for me because he knows way more than me <laughs> that, first of all that's interesting uh, can you send me a link to this guy's channel because i want to see him creating that door it is brilliant that's pretty unusual it's pretty niche isn't it um but you know secondly again it's coming back to that kind of alignment of your main interests you know if you're really interested in the same stuff it's quite easy to create 
community around that small topic area. So perhaps we're going back into, again, specializing and focusing a bit to get a strong community. There was, there was a, one of the first books I read about this that really blew me away was by Josh Burnoff and it's called something I can't remember, but it's, it gave, um, so he engagement now or something. Okay. I don't know. But Josh Burnoff yeah. and, um, a lady and they, they gave all these examples and this is, this is probably about the same time as making social part of your DNA. They gave all these examples of people that had tried to build companies that had tried to, to build communities online. So one example I always use to this day is there was a, a medical center that tried to make an online community. Hey, like our medical center. And they, they I think they might've used something like Ning yeah. and no one was really interested and they thought it was a good idea. Um, and then they made, and then they made this community of um, people, who, cancer sufferers, or people and people with cancer, yeah. and just sent said, "Here's a space where you can go and talk to each other, and we're not going to interfere." And that really, really took off because after a while, trust was built, and people would share, um, you know, insights how they felt. They talk about talk about everything to do with cancer, from like exercise, diet, grief, you know, family problems, clothes to wear, yeah. and and they they ended up investing a quarter of a million dollars a year in this because the the return on investment wasn't people buying more drugs it was like the research they gave to it and then they were more accurately able to support the people who came to their clinic for that um hang on was, so, so hang on so what was that research that they they did then so they they used that community as a way to understand what was happening to cancer patients and use that to inform um development of healthcare programs or new drugs or what what do you mean by that i think it was healthcare programs it was it was um so they listened it gave a place for people they were serving or or their customers because you know that's what it's like sorry to try and dress it up like that people they were serving but also who those people also their customers to um to you know to listen to them so if they ask them to fill in a one of the things they say in the book is if we ask them to fill in an online survey or fill in any kind of survey it would be one thing but when they were just like you know someone was in there curating it and asking people if they're okay and is there anything they needed but because of the way where it was it was like going to a facebook group and just reading all the comments okay that, that i wonder i wonder what their objective behind that community was you know was it did they have in mind that we're going to use this as a way to um, conduct research to improve our product as it were product is a terrible word i suppose for that sort of thing but it is a product isn't it it's a service really um or was it more of a pr play to raise their credentials and to have you know improve their brand awareness and perception in their target market i wonder what they were trying to achieve with that community so the book is groundswell and it's by from 2008 my goodness um 2008 and um it's by charlene lill and josh burnoff I'll have a look at that. Yeah. And then the other good example is, um, you, you know, James Porter. Yeah. His, so he now works at Lego and one of the, one of the great things they did is, um, I don't know every detail, but the basic gist is that someone made a Facebook page for Lego and instead of trying to, and Coca-Cola did this too, instead of like trying to just, shut them down for using this they supported 
the people that so it's like you and me started a started a fan page for Nissans yeah. and instead of Nissan coming to us and taking us to court for using their name they they basically you know supported us and gave us prizes and helped us grow the page so then it was like a a community led thing got you um, yeah yeah okay so what's so James Paulter, he he created that Lego fan page and he's now at Lego or, or he was at Lego I, I, and worked with I, it? I bet he I bet he wish he had. But he, <laughs> he's just he's just head of something to do with communication at Lego nowadays. Uh-huh, so okay. I see him I see him on Instagram rubbing my nose in it because uh, he's doing fun things with Lego and I'm not. <laughs> I'm guessing Bernie that your world is full of Lego with uh, baby Bernie. It's, it's definitely full of Lego. Yeah, yeah, me too. Stuff's everywhere. <laughs> well, that's, it's interesting that to, to see to hear that actually that Lego actually jumped on that and actually worked with them. It kind of reminds me as well as a good friend of mine who used to work at an agency I was I worked at for a while called Ketchum. Uh, he created the Rick Astley um, fan site, and he's obviously not Rick Astley or anything to do with him. Um, but you know, rather than uh, work against him rick astley you know started to work with him and they worked together to create this really amazing <laughs> rick astley fan site um and it's the same sort of thing but on a smaller scale in contrast to lego but it's about um i suppose being in touch with and in connect in contact with your fans or or your community to use that buzzword well so th- there's a really good example is i don't i don't know a lot about rick astley um but i do know i do know that rick astley was at a Foo Fighters comfort conference, sorry, concert in Japan. Yeah. And Dave Grohl called him on stage and they did a, they did a Foo Fighters version of, um, you know, what's the, what was the Never big song? Never going to give you up. And it was all like rocking guitars and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And he really went for it. It's on YouTube. It's really good. Yes. So, you know, so that type of thing is, you know, this is going back to the Kevin Kelly thing of like, there's probably at least 15,000 people involved in that community and they really care about it. And, and that's all you need. And, and Kevin Kelly's thing is if you have a thousand people in your community, I mean, this, this is different for enterprises because if they're making a hundred thousand pound a year, they might be, you know, might be a bit tricky, but <laughs> if think- you, if you have a thousand true fans and they give you a hundred dollars a year each, which is, you know, $9 a month or something. Yeah then you get a hundred K a year. And I'm not, I'm not saying that is a, Oh, it's that easy, but it's, it's, it's like how little you need to, to have something going on. And there's very often the reward is, um, you know, the reward of Dave Grohl and Rick Astley singing that together is a big kick. So if someone said me like a, you know, a, a jacket that David Bowie had worn on his tour bus, that would be worth way more to me than something I picked up in Primark. Yes. So there's, it's not just the monetary value. It's the, is it, is it intrinsic value or the, the, yeah, the I think it is. It's the, perhaps the emotional um, value you attach to that item or that community or that thing. And as, as yeah, as we, you know, going back one of um, Charlene and Josh's points in that book was, trying to cash in on community is a very ill fated thing. And, and that's also, do you remember the clue train manifesto? Yeah. You know, that's a big thing. And that is, uh, you know, um, 
where can I enter that? So, so like all markets are conversations. And if you just want to go out and sell stuff and smack people up, you know, you're not going to get very far. Yes. You know, but if you build a relationship and have stuff going on and listen, um, you'll get a very strong community. And then when you need it, um, and they'll show up. So in, in, Sorry, everything comes back to co-working, but loads of people open co-working spaces because they buy a building and go, I'm going to open a co-working space. And then they wait like a year to fill their building. Mm. And all the smart, more patient people gather people at meetups. Like my friend Trevor did this in Niagara. It took him like two, he never set out to open a co-working space, but him and a group of freelancers met at least three times a week in a cafe to work together. And then they got to a point when there was like 20 or 30 of them meeting on a regular basis. And they said, we better do something together because this is getting a bit ridiculous, isn't it? And then they opened a co-working space, which was like an instant hit because everyone was already, all the members were already there. So that's really interesting, actually, is I went to, um, I went to a conference a few weeks ago, a guy called, have you heard this guy, Grant Cardone, he's one of these big US based business gurus. And I got a ticket to go to his conference. So I thought, why not? I've heard, I've heard a bit about this guy talking about 10 Xing stuff, you know, growing things quickly. And I thought, why not go and see what he's all about? And one of the things that he talked about kind of aligns to that is that when you've got a business idea, you know, the first thing you need to do is to get attention around your idea before you then go out and start selling stuff. Because without that attention, without that initial kind of awareness as to what you're up to, then getting leads and selling stuff is going to be really, really difficult. And that's exactly what you've just described there with your your friend. Did you say in Niagara? Yeah, yeah, Trevor in, in Cowork Niagara. Trevor in Niagara. He's done exactly that. He's, you know, he's created. He's got an idea. He's got an, a sort of fan base almost together, or he's building his one thousand true fans before he actually creates the product. Which I think it's really, really interesting. So there's um just because you said ten x that reminded of another friend of ours, um Philippe Matus. Oh yeah. So he, he's a very good book. I'm exceedingly jealous of how well well it's written. Um, he it's just a. I can't remember the name of it, but it's just like uh, a book about marketing and websites. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know that. And it's he, the audio is great. And in it, he, why, why the 10X thing popped in? Because he just has this huge disgust for people that say, you know, let me 10X your business in six <laughs> steps or less. Yeah, and, yeah. And he, he has a lovely riff on that. But in there, he gives the, like about the, about the time you, you and I would see him most, he was working on the social media for St. Pancras King's Cross Station. And when they did some kind of offer of on like a on, on Facebook of like, you know, give us your email now and you'll get two cocktails at the St. Pancras Betjeman Arms or something like that. Yeah. Loads of, you know, they get loads of traffic and bots would pale in and people would give, you know, dodgy email addresses to just to get, just to try and get the offer. So they, they stopped running competitions and then they just started promoting people if people used a hashtag of pictures they were taken on instagram and stuff like that they just sent them around and the engagement was like through the roof from that so if i saw andy's coffee in you know pool in saint pancras i'd I'd share that or like it so so they grew so the people kind of ended up growing the attention around the space rather than just marketing offers and stuff like that and he goes into great detail in the book about how other people, the general public liking the general public stuff grew. It's not so much a community, but just like a group of people based around there. 
and and I, I follow um hash like the hashtag Camden Town because that's where we're based now. Yeah, is you know I follow that hashtag. I haven't made any good friends or you know I'm not in any clubs yet, but I've got a really good idea of what's going on around that area got just you. through Instagram, and I'm only on one platform. I get that. And, and I think that's interesting as well, going back to that King's Cross St. Pancras idea is, you know, clearly when you're pushing out promotions and, and offers, you're going to get a different a different audience to those that are happy to share and use a hashtag and share creative images and things around around a storyline or around an event or, or a venue, I suppose. Um, but it's interesting how you're using that Camden Town hashtag just to stay in touch with, I guess, not really your... your um, immediate community but that's just that broader community of a space a place that you're involved in well there's two reasons for doing that is to find out other people doing stuff in that area and camden i'm sure if i went a little bit deeper there'd be other hashtags which would be even more useful to discovering things um but so i I know what people i've learned probably the biggest thing i've learned is how people see camden town yeah and what they do where they're there. And also it's a very, I lived in Camden in in like Chalk Farm and Camden for at least five years when I was younger. So I'm already a big fan of the place and have this, you know, spiritual relationship with it. So it's good to see how other people interpret it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I'll know, like I can't think of any particular examples, but if we're writing something, if we're doing an event at the studio, I know what is more likely I've got a vague idea, which is better than no idea <laughs> of um, what is likely familiar. to, what is likely to stick with people in that area. Yes. Um, yeah, that makes and sense. I have my own assumptions about that place, which have been, you know, some have been proved and some have been disproved just by following that, that hashtag. Mm, that makes sense. I just want to go back to something you said a bit earlier on, Bernie, though, just moving away from that kind of Camden Town stuff, is you talked about not using a community as a community as a way to make money. Um, and one of the things that I guess I kind of agree and disagree with that is if, if we look at an example of someone like GifGaf. So GifGaf uses community pretty much, I think, as the sole way in which it engages with its audiences and uses that for community customer support. So if you're a GifGaf customer, I think you get support by talking to other GIFCAF, GIFCAF community members on their support forum. And it's not run by the company, it's run by the, the, the users. And that's a really good way, A, for them to engage people to become really brand loyal because they're involved in that GIFCAF community. But also, you know, it takes off a heck of a lot of cost for them in running a support infrastructure because their customers are doing it for them. So community is, is and can be a, a good way, A, to make money and B, to save money. I, th- I think that's like that gift gaff thing is genius. Yeah. And I would, when, when people, when companies do things like that, we, we would as users, I hate that word. Sorry. As, as I know, customers or users community or members, agents, maybe I don't know. Community members, yeah. you know, we, <laughs> like if, if I wasn't having such good service from my phone provider, I would go to gift gaff before a lot of other things because of the ethos from it. Like I, I don't really, you know, I buy shoes when I have to, but if I was a big shoe fan, I'd be to Zappos straight away because of the culture of the company. Yes. And, you know, if I, if I got into mountaineering, I'd go to Patagonia because the, the, not the country, not the, not the region of Argentina, but the the clothes company, because they're, their whole recycling ethos. So I'd rather pay, you know, like I've read about it and I'd rather pay 
a bit more money for a recycled Patagonian jacket than just to sleepwalk into Westfield and buy, you know, a, a, a North Face thing because of what it means when I'm wearing it and all that type of thing. Is that the strength of the brand though versus the community or is the community around the brand part of that? I think it's it's the community around the brand that is part of that. Mm. Um, a, another cool community story is, do, do you remember um, the, I think we were both on it actually. There's a, there was a, there's a Salesforce admin podcast. I don't think I was on it. I don't really and use Salesforce. There's, so again, years ago, um, the Mike runs the Salesforce admin podcast, which he just started like we did, you know, our, our podcast projects. And it, it was for, so Salesforce admin is the person that is responsible for setting up, deploying and maintaining Salesforce in your company. Yeah. And usually employed by you. So he made this podcast and he, he's provided this service to people. So he made this podcast for people doing that and they geek out about, you know, if you're on the X panel and you go into this panel, you can find this thing and the file moved there and the update of May, this did that. Um, really interesting stuff. And then he ended up, it, how it ended up is Salesforce brought his podcast and hired him. And now he travels around the world evangelizing about Salesforce podcast, yeah. Salesforce admins. But there's a guy called Steve Bunker, I think it is. Right. Or, or Steve Podmore. And Steve Podmore, the last time I checked, which was a few years ago, he'd answered something like 27,000 questions in the Salesforce admins user forum. And people always say to him, like, oh, wow, Steve, you know, thanks very much. You know, you um, you saved me loads of money because you answered that simple thing. And we've been struggling this for ages. How can I repay you? And he's like, you know, I don't take, I never take any money for it. You know, if you really want to say thank you, just, you know, get me a case of beer. And it was like a throwaway remark he would make. And every year he'd go to Cloudforce. And I don't know what it happens now, but like, you know, there'd be like, 40 cases of this particular craft beer outside his hotel room <laughs> amazing and then and then he'd say well let's have a let's have a party and stuff so probably you know all that beer got drunk so it's, it's just the knock-on effect of being useful in a community <laughs> yeah that that's excellent and that, that's a really nice story actually the community paid back even they maybe salesforce perhaps could and should have done it's great to hear that uh, the community valued his input i mean twenty seven thousand comments on a support forum is insane isn't it that's a good it portion is, of his life i think he just finds it but i, I think if you I think he just enjoys doing it. I, I, I do that in places. Like I can't help myself saying when I see people talking about certain things, just going, oh, have you tried this? You know, and it's, it's like a few seconds, but it's like the compound interest over years and years and years yeah. of doing that. And then, you know, he, that guy's now, when he's on that podcast, they, what they do is they do a dramatic reading of, of a Steve answer. So they kind of read it, you know, so I've got this glitch in the, the, user panel of you know third level admins how do i solve this steve and then they read it in this dramatic kind of steven spielberg kind of way <laughs> so it's a bit it's, it's funny and silly so they've made it entertaining um, as well so he's so he's on that but also imagine his you know if you want to hire someone you, you just go who do you know in this who, who do you know in the um the place oh you know get steve you know just pay for his flight for god's sake man he's answered 20 okay i'll get him over now <laughs> he really you knows know. his stuff yeah it's, it's the, like he probably doesn't even have a website. So I'm just trying to think of which community we could join, but anyway, we could actually you know, try and 
achieve the same level of notoriety and fame perhaps we should join the i don't know the craft beer associations podcast so we get lots of craft beer or something i don't know maybe there's an angle there maybe we could join the london bloggers meetup and <laughs> well, yeah, i think we're already in that community <laughs> well some of us more than others bernie i have to say um you seem to be driving that one at the moment so that that is that's a 10 years now 2007 you took that over 10, yeah 10 so just over 10 years yeah absolutely so that that has been you know um like I, I always say to people like we we kind of it got a bit difficult for us to go out at night and run events a when people stop bankrolling buying the beer and giving us their rooms with quite such enthusiasm as they used to in the early days and when we had children yes but you know that that that's that's a I can't remember. It's like, is it 2,500 people or something? You know, there's a it's lot of people about in there. there. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm always surprised how many new people are joining that community all the time. Um, you know, it's, I don't think a day goes by where I don't get somebody wanting to join the, the uh, London bloggers meetup. So that, that's a, that's a group of people that have, you know, we, we've never got them all to turn up at the same time, but um, you know, you've, So like two, I don't know, like 150 people will turn up at one time, even though there's so many in there, mm. even though there's so many people in it. And people are at varying degrees of engagement. And if you go through Meetup, you'll see, I'm surprised we didn't talk about this sooner, sorry, but like, there's, if you go through Meetup, you'll see that the people that turn up a lot are in a few, like about five Meetups. Yeah. And the people that never turn up are in like 25 meetups. Ah, so this goes back to your point earlier about, you know, focusing on a small number of people that are truly engaged in your space rather than trying to appeal to the masses. Yeah. And, and where I found, where I found like, so there's, there's probably between the podcast meetup, right club and bloggers meetup. There is a group of around 50 people who I will see once a month at one of those meetups. And, you know, it'd be great if they all came, but out of 4,000 people between all those meetups, there's 50 people that are, you know, I know I'd go for a coffee with, I see them, I know where they are in their business. Um, you know, they come back in and say, oh, do you remember that email thing you talk about, you spoke about, I've tried this. So, and um, it's just a really good connection. And maybe if we did more, more people would show up, but it's really nice having 50 people from different parts of London, different walks of life, different yeah. stages of their business. Um, just to, just to have around. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. So those guys are, you know, because they, they come out, they get out, they come and take part in the community. They're the guys that certainly are more interesting. I remember we had this chat a few years ago about how do we engage the broader community? I think we were talking about the meetup organizers group, that we talked that we established a few years ago and trying to get that broader community engaged and actually adding some value was really, really tough. But uh, I think that's because meetup organizers are nutters. <laughs> Is that me and you included? Me and you included. Definitely. So do you remember when Scott Hefferman came over Yes, and you were on the panel? Yeah, I do. And, uh, so that, that night there, which again was like a decade ago. No, um, come on. Don't be silly. Can't have been. It's, it's, it's when we were in Clerkenwell. Yeah, that's right. Abel Stoke, weren't you? I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I remember him going around the room and saying, you know, just say where you are. And there was, there was at least 100 people in that room. 
And he said, don't tell me all the details, just say what you are. So it'd be like Andy London Bloggers Meetup, Bernie, Right Club. And some people who couldn't help themselves had to stand up and say, you know, I'm Giles and I work with a range of people. Yeah, yeah, they're getting the real spiel. So just get on with it. <laughs> um, and and I, I still, I tell that story uh, like every few months. Um, that cross section of people, because I remember there was the, London, always remember there was the London Shy Meetup who then came to the, I do remember to our that. organizers yeah. meetup yeah. and then there was the there was this is this is the level of specificity specificness sorry there was the north london gay jewish philosophy meetup <laughs> no, that there was a very refined uh, that was very refined um quite a strong group i might add um and there was there was the nurses in Whitechapel Hospital, who organized a soup kitchen on Meetup. There was a 24-hour soup kitchen. There was unions. There were lots of people, lots of different language groups. There were lots of different language groups based around something like, you know, some particular type of dancing or martial art or something, um, and the reading groups. And I think that is still the best representation of London I've ever seen in a room that, you know, I'm really part of. Yes, that's actually true because it was a really interesting, amazing blend of people, wasn't it? But they were all together around this idea. They're a community based around the idea that it's a good idea to organize um, physical events for communities of people. And that, that was what and, binded them together. And how, how it all turns out in the end maybe is, so that was that meetup was how I got in contact with Andrea, who was the community manager at Meetup. And then she left Meetup and then she set up, she got hired by um, the CoLive Lab, yeah. which is one of those mighty networks communities. Okay. And, that's, and, and I said, what do you do now? And she's going, I'm doing this. And we share are always also ignore, um, involved in that. So then our paths, we've always kept in contact, but our paths crossed again then because she's gone all the way from Meetup for a long career at Meetup into organizing the co-living group as well ah, interesting interesting so well listen funny how people stay with you listen bernie it can't be a conversation with you without at some point of saying what what are the tools that the apps that you're loving right now that would help people who are interested in kind of facilitating building engaging a community what sort of stuff gets you excited and i'm just aware that we haven't got you know 24 hours to talk about all the apps that you know about so just give me the, the kind of highlight well i've got a list of 17 <laughs> here which i've got i think because uh, we touched on a few and you know like the mighty networks thing yeah. is is something i I'm, I'm i haven't set it up yet but i'm part of yeah. i've i've really got i've really got into meetup again um as a way of connecting people when i downloaded the app onto my phone which i've always had a love-hate relationship with yeah. and i've started to i've started to communicate more with the people in the meetups through that and i think this is going to be, this might be a bit of a curveball, but still the best thing ever that has worked for me is, um, is email. So it's, it's Shot getting people, email. No way. Se- sending out, I really enjoy this. So it's very easy for me to do is sending out like a curated list of, you know, these are the things, this is what I'm reading this week. Um, listening to people saying, because people like we have an email podcast of sorry an email meetup coming up soon and people are at different stages and people want to know about funnels and people want to know about how do I just get the damn form on my website and sending out like this is 
this is a good post on how you do this. This is a good post from CoSchedule about how you do this. This is a good post from WordPress about how you do this. So you're giving people useful information. And then I always say, hit reply if you have a question. And I've been doing that for years. But the more specific, the more helpful the email I send, the more answers I get. Is that right? Okay. That's really interesting that, you know, because email for me is in, is interesting, right? Right now I'm kind of in a deluge of email because everyone's selling out, sending out Black Friday sale stuff still. But, you know, I, I still use email, but increasingly if I look at how I communicate with everyone really, you know, email is pretty much dying out because now I've got people that, that use WhatsApp exclusively. We've got those that are on Messenger. Um, we've got those that still use Twitter. We've got people that I have in um, in mail on in, in uh, LinkedIn. You know, and less and less of the value is coming through email. More and more in email is just noise. And it's that kind of noisy environment that you see in Facebook as well. There's loads and loads of stuff that's completely irrelevant. It's just noise. Um, so another email that comes in that's got a list of handy things, 10 ways to do X and how to, you know, how to stop your dog from biting you, all that sort of stuff is, I was thinking about this earlier is, you know, if somebody sent me an email with just one really useful thing that would help me rather than a list of 20 different things, because they really understand what I'm looking for, then that would be quite valuable. But the rest of it um, is all just going straight into junk. Well, there's two things there is, is, and it's almost the same point uh, about about niching because if I'm so we had our kitchen done this this year and if someone had sent me an email about a dishwasher sometime around May I would have been really interested <laughs> for the one and only time in my life yes. so you know it's timely so I'm always interested in I'm always interested in blogging but I'm interested in like um I'm interested in very tried and tested things like email and Yoast. And I'm interested in very new things around that. So I'm not like these days I'm past my, I just haven't got the effort to get involved in the next new social network. You know, I've I've got over the excitement of being an early adopter or first two (laughs) because I've just, wasted large chunks of my life trying to No, mate. It's because you're getting too old for that sort of stuff. Are you are you using Snapchat? I, I just Snapchat was the first thing I deliberately missed out, <laughs> and, then there's, there's and, no and that called, was that was when I was in. Sorry, go there's, on. there's now one called TikTok, which is a kind of I think an evolution from there, isn't it? So there's there are now social networks coming out that are that are probably you know, beyond us. But... I'd, I'd be able to get into it. Like, I think I'm I think I'm just missing out a lot for now and then when something else comes along i'll dive into it because i I went to so uh, the the russell mike russell and all that lot uh, the new media europe thing loads of those people were into snapchat and people like gary vaynerchuk and chris ducker were like snapchatting everywhere and i thought i I haven't I, i haven't got the time or energy or inclination to put that much effort into it yes um and if something else comes up, I'll go for that. But I, I've always gotten really, really well with Instagram. And that's probably where I, I look the most. I feel the most connected with people for business and family. And, and, it, and the other thing was I do a lot of, I, I don't, it's a bit of a pain, but 
well, you know, all the apps you mentioned earlier about WhatsApp and Telegram and stuff like that, that's a kind of dark social thing. I do a lot of link sharing in there. Like, have you seen this? Have you listened to this podcast? You know, I've just got very good, as you know, of remembering that, you know, people, any, anything to do with um, scuba diving and dogs that bite you would be a great link for Andy Bargery. <laughs> or how to stop dogs from biting you. Yeah, brilliant. Anything yeah, you find there, Bernie, you. think of me first. And, and that, so, so it's, it's back to the email thing. Cause I went off topic there is sending a really useful email every now and then, and it's taken years to work out, you know, what this is and who they are, um, you know, and, and listening to people. So you send them something useful and meaningful. There's that, is it J bear utility? I think, I think the, that is J bear. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a, that's a really good book to read about that. And that's the difference between a community and a campaign. Because if you're in a community, you want to hear an update every week about what's going on and you kind of train people to hit reply and they tell you what they want. So every, so the, the net gets tighter and more useful. Whereas if you're having a campaign of like, come to my event, that, that was a big difference I noticed this year is the stuff where I'm community-based and there's a couple of events I worked on this year where we were trying to get people to do something within a start time frame and the the... I'd go so far as to say the energy around those emails while they were, you know, fine was different from the weekly update yeah. emails. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I don't think I, st- I don't think I received your email anymore, but I've not seen one for ages. There's, um, well, I can reveal here, Andy. <laughs> Did I answer? So I, I to- <laughs> no, no, I, I was, I was, I just stopped sending that because I, it was turning into me, it was very easy for me to write about depression every week. Yes. And, and that is really important. And I d- definitely don't mind talking about it, but it, I felt like every week I was saying, well, guys, this week I got over depression a little bit more and I just didn't know what to say anymore because it had become. And the other thing was I got, a, when I, if I said, if I wrote an email about depression and said, what do you think? Like 10 to 15 people would email me back with their story. And which is an honor, but I didn't know what to do it with that. It wasn't helping you. Yeah. I wouldn't say it wasn't helping me, but I, I, someone emailing you back and saying, do you know a good app to move from Google Docs to WordPress is very different from someone emailing you back and telling you about their miscarriage. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, and, and the, the severity of how that might've just landed to people listening was how I felt every Sunday but there was an attention seeking thing going on with, I didn't want to build a community around depression yes. because I'm not qualified to do that. I'd rather help people blog about whatever they're doing and help them that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. That's very sensible. So now I've got, now I've got to start sending out my email to, cause there's, there's a lot of people on that email who I just need to find out. Um, it's basically like every from the last 10 years, there's 700 people from the last 10 years on that email. And I'm, just got to say who's still interested and um what what is the thing that what is the the intersection that is worth you opening this every week it's a bit i still don't know what that is yeah i mean it's a bit like i remember a few years ago you did this email opt-out thing didn't you? you asked people do you want to stay on my list or not and if you don't that's fine but just let me know um, it's a similar sort of exercise. If you want to stay on, tell me what you care about and I'll make sure that what I provide is of value to you. So that was, uh, I've forgotten about that. That was a, 
so there was about 2000 people on on my email list and i emailed people to deliberately unsubscribe if you open this every week and you're not quite sure why if you can't remember even knowing me and there's like 10 points to people to go deliberately so people would go actually that's me and it was giving permission for people to unsubscribe and that's because i'd had a three conversations with people who were saying i get too much email so why don't you just unsubscribe and they're like well i don't want to offend andy or dave or rebecca and so well they'd rather you unsubscribed and were honest then you opened it out of obligation and wasted your time and their yeah. time and they still didn't want to offend the person so i just thought i'd go for it so um like a th- i shit you not like a thousand people unsubscribed in one day <laughs> and how did that they were that time that's that's kind of a thousand people out of your two thousand strong community of uh of fans or followers or people have said to you this isn't for me anymore there were people who were way cooler than us who um impossible unsubscribed <laughs> who unsubscribed like do you know avanash from google yes he unsubscribed he was on how was he on your he list? unsubscribed he just, I think he just must have got in there by me sinking my contacts in a really dodgy yes. way, you know, and this was a long time ago. And I said, do you want to subscribe? And he said, that's what you asked me to do with a little smile. <laughs> uh, and, and a lot of those people were, and one of the options was we're connected on a social network and we see more of each other there. And this is not a good way for you to keep up with me. Um, and a few people who said things like, I wish I had the balls to do something like this. This is very brave of you. What an amazing plan. And and for a few months afterwards, I go to people and say, I love that email. So actually losing a lot of people that weren't interested gave me a tighter group of people and kind of at that moment in time for at least a couple of days, you know, made me the, maybe the talk of... <laughs> one or two small meetups in London. So we've, we've come full circle, haven't we? We've come back to the idea that a smaller group of people that are really interested makes for a better community than a larger group of people that are at best part engaged in what you're interested in and what you're doing. Yes, Good. for sure. On that note, and I know because you've got to go and pick up a child from school and so have I, I think we should yep. say, Bernie, amazing to catch up with you. It's been, I would say, years since you've had a chance to chat for, a, for an hour and just chew the fat as it were really enjoy it we should definitely do this more often i think we definitely should maybe we should do it uh once a quarter oh and there's the dog look just on on cue he's piped up for the recording so there you go bernie thanks so much buddy i really enjoy talking to you um it was the best way for people to connect with you if they want to say hello and find out more about community the 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 best way is to just put bernie j mitchell into google and that will send you to it's worth doing that because you'll find my website but also you'll find a 2010 video from the late late breakfast show of a slightly slightly chubbier hairier bernie mitchell <laughs> shouting at a crowd of people i'm going there right now bernie all right Cheers, thanks very much for your time andy bye take bye. care bye